When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian and you are listening to episode 176 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. On today's show, we are discussing the why and the how behind spending significant time outdoors, 1,000 hours outdoors to be exact. The 1,000 Hours Outside campaign seeks to match nature time with screen time, and that's because kids on average spend 1,200 hours a year on screens. Now, if you're wondering, 1,000 hours outside per year translates into 2.7 hours per day, to be exact. And if that sounds intimidating, my guests this week are here to offer some science as well as some moral support as you and I seek to prioritize outdoor time for ourselves and nature play for our kids. Today, I'm speaking with Molly Riddick and Austin Rempel. Molly is a representative for B4 Adventure, a company that specializes in active play products for kids and Austin is a forest restoration manager for American Forests. Together, B4 and American Forests have teamed up to create a program called Slackers Play to Plant, and it's a partnership that plants an awful lot of trees across the U.S. and Canada. Now stay tuned to the end of this week's episode because we do have an eco-tip this week. Enjoy my conversation with Molly Riddick and Austin Rempel. Molly and Austin, I am so excited to have you both on the show. Molly, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm very excited to be here. I'm happy to have you. And Austin, how are you doing today? Doing great. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Molly, why don't we start with you? Introduce yourself and introduce before to my listeners. Sure, absolutely. Um, So my name is Molly Riddick, and I am the Director of Marketing for B4 Adventure. We are a family of brands. Uh, We are headquartered in Denver, Colorado. Slackers is is our core brand. Um, It's been around for about 10 years, and it hosts the Play to Plant program, which we have partnered with American Forest this year. My name is Austin Rempel, and I'm Forest Restoration Manager at American Forests. And uh, American Forests is actually the oldest conservation nonprofit in the country, founded all the way back in 1875. Um, we have a really proud history. The organization has been at the heart of some of the biggest moments in conservation in the U.S. For example, we helped start the U.S. Forest Service and the Civilian Conservation Corps back during the Depression. And uh, nowadays, we're helping to lead the movement to reforest America, really, from cities to large landscapes. 
And a big part of that is making sure that everyone, rich and poor, young and old, um, have access to trees and all the benefits that they provide. Well, I love a good partnership. And it sounds like the partnership between the two of you is a really great one. Work it out for me. What is the Slackers Play to Plant partnership and what are you seeking to accomplish? So Slackers, like I said, has been around for about 10 years and we are all about backyard adventure. It started out with zip lines and slack lines, but we actually created the ninja line. And for any parents out there looking for um, fun outdoor activities for their children, the ninja line is essentially a slack line and it connects between two trees and has hanging obstacles. And the idea is to get kids to engage in the outdoor play, their, their backyards. There's so much nature wherever wherever we are outside even if it's in our backyard slackers is is all about getting kids to play outside you know screens and and technology is uh, at the forefront of our world today which we cannot change that so creating these innovative and and fun um, and engaging products outside in our backyard um, has really kind of been at the the forefront of slackers so using trees it's a natural you know we're all about taking the ground out of playground and getting kids to play in the air whether it's on a slack line or a ninja line or a zip line swing line is one of our newest products and and so their trees are really at the center of all of those things and so it was uh, such a natural uh, progression to to think about what we can do for the environment and thinking about trees and what they do for our environment it was it was kind of like a of course, moment. We want to give back to the environment and plant trees. So in researching all of the foundations out there that do this, we found American Forests. And we absolutely love that they uh, they refer to themselves as the pathfinders of, of uh, restoration for trees, which we completely connect with because there are a lot of uh, a lot of companies out there that do ninja lines now, but we feel like we are the pathfinders for backyard adventure. So we really have that connection with American Forests. Um, so we are working with them to plant thousands of trees across North America in both the U.S. and Canada this year. Well. What a coincidence. My daughter's birthday was on Saturday, uh, two days ago, as of this recording, and she was gifted a Slacker's Ninja Line. (gasps) No way. That's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing because it's hanging between two trees in my backyard. It has entertained not only her, but every child in my neighborhood (laughs) for every daylight hour for the last two days and counting. So I do want to say thank you for creating products that keep our children active and engaged outside. We all know that it's important for kids and for adults to spend time outdoors, but I'm wondering why? Why should we prioritize outdoor time? So I can speak as a parent. As a parent, I have an almost five-year-old and a three-year-old. And it's, of course, easy to, you know, we live in Denver and I'm I'm looking out the window at this snow just pouring down right now. And it's the middle of March. I, <laughs> I grew up in Texas and I'm used to warm weather year round. So it, it has been an adjustment for us. But I think as a parent to watch my girls go outside, whether it's snowing or sunny, 
just to see the different ways they engage with things outside. It, it teaches me things about their personality. You know, I think there's the obvious benefits of vitamin D and it's good for their immune system and, and just getting fresh air. Those things are, of course, great for us. But as a parent, it's amazing to see the way that they play in the snow. They see a pile of snow, they slide down it. I don't think like that as an adult. So it teaches me about their imagination or they see, we have a, a tree uh, across the street from us and I have no idea what it drops, but it, it looks like these little beans and the girls call them their magic beans. So they collect them and we have this entire huge pile of these quote unquote magic beans. And they talk about the magic that, um, that they do with these little seeds that drop from the trees. But I think as a parent, it's it's just really nice to see the way that their minds work and expand and grow. Molly, you should you should grow uh, trees from those seeds. That'd be amazing. I've, I've been doing that here this summer. And it's like, it's amazing to watch a seed sprout and become a tree. It's yeah, totally worth it. So you should try and uh, sprout some magic beans. To, to your question, like, why is it important for kids to, to spend significant time outdoors? It's honestly, it's a matter of health. In fact, in American forests, we're fond of saying that trees, especially trees in cities, are life or death infrastructure. And a cool fact is that tree cover can cool down a neighborhood's temperature by 10 degrees. So they're like air conditioners, you know, but they also capture carbon and provide homes for birds. And I mean, every year, the trees we already have prevent thousands of heat-related deaths in the U.S. And I did want to cite some more research because, you know, Forest Service and doctors have been working on this like crazy the first one is just when scientists compared kids playing in indoor and outdoor settings, uh, greenness, nature, was the single factor that reduced children's attention and deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD. That was the number one thing, whether or not they were in greenness. And it's also really important at schools. Uh, children studying in classrooms that had a window, even just a window view to green landscapes, tree landscapes, tend to have much higher performance on tests of attention and higher abilities to bounce back from stress. Uh, another study that uh, folks did in cities was people walking by green space instantly have a lower heart rate, which is a pretty good indicator of stress. They have a lower heart rate than those who walk by buildings or vacant lots. So they have these sort of subconscious amazing benefits for our minds that I don't think a lot of people appreciate. And that's especially true for children. That's where a lot of the research has been done. And then the second point I want to make is that it's also really important for nature itself. Um, it's great that there are all these health, uh, health benefits, but Humans learn to care about the planet by experiencing it. To get involved in sustainability and restoration and all the stewardship we have to do, how are we going to do that if we don't care? So I think that it has larger implications if we do spend time out in nature. It's good for us and it's good for nature. Mm. Austin, you brought up a really great point there, which is, you know, I have two daughters and one parenting conundrum that's always on my mind is how am I going to instill in them a desire to be environmental stewards of the next generation? And for me, I look at the outdoors and prioritizing time outdoors as a means by which to get them invested in issues surrounding sustainability and preserving our natural world. And I'm airing this episode right around Earth Day, which of course is April 22nd. And so I'm wondering, Molly or Austin, whoever wants to take this, like, what does it mean for kids to be outside and connected in the natural world? Why is that important for them as we are facing a uncertain future 
and climate change? Actually, I think I can um, just echo what Austin was getting to uh, because I completely agree. Uh, having my girls outside and, and watching them play and teaching them how to work with nature, uh, I think is is just as important as watching their creativity in nature. For example, there's a, a, a park in our neighborhood that we go to a lot and there was a, a piece of trash on the ground one day and I just, you know, out of instinct, picked it up and put it in the trash can that was nearby. And my older daughter watched me and she, you know, was asking me what I was doing. And I explained there was trash on the ground. We throw it away. We cannot go anywhere now. If she sees anything on the ground, she will pick it up and put it in the trash can. It just immediately resonated with her. And, uh, and and it was of course, amazing to see, you know, your child kind of key in on something important like that. But to Austin's point, you know, when we're outside in nature and they understand how we take care of the outdoors around us, um, then then they will continue that on throughout the rest of their life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, frankly, getting kids comfortable in the outdoors is just the greatest gift you can give them. We do a lot of tree planting events and it's kind of amazing how many people especially children come to these events and they haven't really spent time outdoors. They haven't gotten their, uh, haven't gotten their hands dirty. And then even by the end of that planting event, they're so much more comfortable, you know, just having dirty hands and they're going to come back and visit that tree. So it's, I think even little bits of uh, time help. And I think planting trees, honestly, is a really good way for them to see that the power that humans have to help in restoration. And, uh, I'll also add that, you know, I wouldn't be doing this job if I hadn't grown up where I did and had, you know, opportunity to be outside so much. Uh, My parents gave me that opportunity. I was really fortunate. That deep connection with nature and animals is formed so easily during childhood. And then I think it's pretty much unbreakable. I completely agree. I, um, even though uh, I grew up in a, a large city, I was outdoors playing in creeks and forests, like little by forest, I mean the you know, wooded area behind a neighborhood. But I have vivid memories my entire childhood of just getting so dirty and coming home and having to take a bath immediately. And my mom yelling at me to leave my shoes outside. And and there was that connection when I was a child. And I still love going outside. We were, um, my husband and I took our, our girls to uh, a new park because that's one of their new favorite things to do is go to a new park because we always go to the same neighborhood park. We went to the new park across town this weekend and it was a little snowy still. There was some snow melting and um, puddles everywhere. And I was just watching them like jump and puddle after puddle and they were wearing their snow boots. So it was, you know, completely fine. Their, their shoes were not soaked or anything, but just getting dirty and picking up sticks and having these collections of just random things that they were finding. And I just, it, my heart melts when I see that, cause I can see that they, um, they're enjoying nature. Hmm. And I would just like to add that I didn't particularly grow up in a house that prioritized outdoor time or prioritized spending significant time in nature. We certainly played outside. We played in the neighborhood, but it wasn't big for my parents. And so it wasn't instilled upon me as a child to love the outdoors. But as I grew up, 
I still found that love. So for any parents listening right now who are like, oh, no, my kids, <laughs> my kids don't like to play outside or, oh, no, I live in a very urban environment and we don't have all those opportunities. I would say that, you know, you can grow into loving nature and you can grow into finding peace and joy outside. So for anybody listening, don't feel as though, <laughs> you know, the sky is falling if your kids hate outside. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. It's um, it's a work in progress. And, you know, as long as you have the desire to find that connection, I absolutely agree. It's still possible. It does not depend on your childhood or your current day activities. Actually, something I want to mention on that front is just that one time we went around at American Forests and, you know, sort of compared childhoods. About half of us came from cities. You know, about half of us didn't have uh, backyards to play in. So I just want to echo that, you know, it doesn't take being out in a rural area to start to love nature. And it really doesn't uh, only happen at a certain age. Those are, those are great points. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of how outdoor adventure comes into play after a quick word from this week's sponsor. The Sustainable Minimalist Podcast is supported by outrage and optimism. The world has been experiencing a convergence of crises. None of us has been immune to the challenges of this moment in history. Some argue that the greatest of them all is the climate crisis, and few of us know what to do about it. Isn't it all just too big for any one of us? Outrage and Optimism is a lively weekly podcast in which hosts Christiana Figueres, former UN climate chief, and her partners Tom Rivet-Karnick and Paul Dickinson set out to help us navigate the complexities of tackling climate change. They talk to business leaders, politicians, scientists, and activists, and ask, what makes you feel outraged about climate change? What is there to be optimistic about? I'm an avid listener of the show, and I love how the host managed to be both realistic and positive at the same time. Don't wait. Subscribe to Outrage and Optimism on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Thursday. And we're back with Molly Riddick and Austin Rempel. Molly, I know that Before Adventure prioritizes the adventure component of outdoor play. Where does adventure come into play? And why is the adventure component, in your opinion, so important for a well-rounded outdoor experience? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Uh, just a little history on Before Adventure. We, I think I mentioned we're based in Denver, Colorado. And uh, so we have mountains around us, hiking trails everywhere, camping at our back door, Adventure is easy to find here. And Ed O'Brien is the owner of, of Before Adventure. Um, where he started was he found that he had three young kids at the time that he started the company. And, you know, like I mentioned, technology is really just everywhere we look now. And so he was really looking for a way to play with his kids more outdoors. Um, he grew up doing Cub Scouts. He grew up uh, playing sports, coaching sports, 
you know, he was able to find a way with B4 Adventure to marry his two greatest passions, which is family and outdoor adventure. And so um, he started the company after a trip to, I want to say Costa Rica. And he, um, he and his wife went with some friends and they went zip lining through the jungle, which is amazing. But he came home and he kind of had this idea to start that same type of uh, quote unquote adventure in their backyard with their kids. And so that's kind of what sparked the idea. And when we discovered the Ninja Line, he kind of took off from there. And, and we have uh, probably 60 plus products in, in the Slackers line today. But to going back to your question, when kids see their, you know, the, they see that they can go beyond their limits, both their physical strength and their their mental strength benefits from it. So when your daughter, you know, is able to fly across the ninja line faster than she ever has before, it builds that self-confidence and it builds that self-awareness of their body control and, and the strength that they have. And so I think it, it's, yes, it's a physical strength activity, which is of course, important, but it's just as important for mental strength and self-confidence as well. To me, I just, I grew up playing sports. I think they have a ton of different benefits, but I, I don't think parents are looking, always looking for that team sport for their child. Having that, that activity in their backyard where they're outside and playing, I think it is just as easy and just as important as a, a team sport. And I would argue too, in the 48 hours of us owning a ninja line, I'm clearly an expert. But I would say too, that if you're going to prioritize outdoor time for your children, you want that outdoor time to be fun. You want your child to have positive associations with being outside. And, you know, I have a four-year-old and going for a hike with her, or even, I, I shouldn't even say hike, a walk in the woods with her is a schlog in which there's a lot of whining. But her climbing up the ladder onto the ninja line, I mean, that's all she can do, but that's fun for her. And so I want my children to have fun outside. I don't want it to be wah, 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 something they have to do. So I appreciate B4's emphasis on adventure as a means of getting kids excited to not only go outside, but stay outside. Not everybody lives in a location with a backyard for these zip lines and ninja lines. So what do you say to those of us who live in cities or those of us who live in climates with extremely challenging weather? What do you say to those listeners who want to prioritize time outside but can't? Um, honestly, I think it's the same as anything else, whether you're trying to, you know, get your house organized or start a new diet or, or just get overall healthier, uh, you know, one step at a time. Think about the activities that your kids enjoy. How can you incorporate the outdoors, you know, rather than coloring at the dining room table, grab some chalk and go outside. Um, uh, again, like I, I'm sitting here looking at the snowy weather and, my girls would absolutely love to, well, I take that back. My older daughter loves the snow. My younger daughter is not as big of a fan, but we, you know, we can get some sand toys out and she sits there and grabs the shovel and makes a big pile of snow or 
you know, during the warmer days, if it's if it's simply just a walk, you know, around the neighborhood and, and make a game out of it and say, you know, how many how many rocks can you collect today? Let's take the wagon and throw them in there. And so obviously adventure is is more fun to your point, but just overall the the outdoor time and looking at the different types of trees that are outside and picking up the different shaped rocks and the different colors or what kind of flowers are these even bird watching you know like there's just so much that that nature has to offer um i don't think you have to be necessarily doing adventure to appreciate the outdoors or get its benefits well molly i like how you suggested instead of uh, coloring at your kitchen table, get some chalk and go outside. That's a real tangible first step for a lot of families. But I'm wondering, do either of you have any other first steps for parents listening right now who want to get outside, but again, it's just not traditionally a priority for them? Mm-hmm. Just one step at a time. You know, this week I you know, set a goal for yourself. I I would like to spend X amount of hours outside. And this is how I can do that with the kids. Uh, And then the next week, you know, you add on just a little bit of time and then the next week, a little bit of time. And um, that's really my personal approach to just about everything. I, I used to be a big runner. I don't feel like I have the time anymore. And I was actually just thinking about that the other day and thinking, okay, by the end of summer, I would love to run a half marathon again. And so, you know, I have to sit down and really think about my schedule and, and add on a little bit of miles every week to get to that point where I feel like I'm comfortable to run the race. And, and I think the same is true about, um, making sure that you're adding time into your schedule for, for outdoor play with your kids, just a little bit at a time. I think the only thing I'll add to that is that if you feel like you need to justify it, I mean, and you shouldn't, you know, honestly, we have that pressure. We're led to believe that every moment needs to be productive, but it's pretty easy to justify spending any amount of time in nature, you know, from the, from a health and well-being perspective. Like another little science factoid is that the, the forest bathing movement, uh, scientists in Japan studied and said that 15 minutes in nature leads to people feeling, uh, better, you know, blood pressure drops, stress levels are reduced and, concentration and mental clarity are all improved. And that's only after 15 minutes. So a little bit goes a long way. I am trying really hard to get 1000 hours outside with my family this year. I started on January 1st. I live in New England, so I'm a little bit behind because the weather was (laughs) absolutely terrible for two and a half months. But I feel confident I can uh, get back on track. But The 1,000 Hours Outside campaign seeks to push back against the amount of time that adults and older children are on screens. Uh, So instead of sitting inside on a screen, get outside, and 1,000 hours is the the goal. That comes out to 2.7 hours a day. And when I started this resolution, I guess I'll call it, I thought to myself, well, how on earth am I going to get 2.7 hours outside with my children each day? And what has worked for me is to take everyday activities and say, well, can I move this outside? Like, can I move snack time outside? Can I this is not with my kids, but just me, but can I do my run outside today instead of on the treadmill? Can we 
make a snowman for half an hour instead of do watercolors. And so again, I'm behind. I'm not quite hitting the 2.7 hours, but that's been something that's helped me. And I'll definitely link to the 1000 Hours Outside campaign for anybody else who's interested. They also have trackable PDFs where you can keep track of how much you're outside and how and your progress or your non-progress, whatever it may be. I absolutely love the thousand hours outside campaign. Um, I've spoken with Jenny a few times who runs that program. And I think it is, is just the most perfect campaign for parents today and to connect with their kids and get them outside. And, and it's just the, the right amount of encouragement that you need. Um, and that's great that you are, <laughs> that you're participating. I'd like to transition and talk more about the partnership between B4 and American Forests. Talk to me about all of it. So as far as our, our partnership goes, like I said before, we really connected with American Forests specifically because uh, they are the pathfinders of restoration for the forest. And so that was the initial connection. Um, as far as our partnership goes, we are working this year um, specifically in the, for, with uh and I'll let Austin talk about this project a little bit more, but we are working with them in Colorado as well as in Canada. I think I'll start with the Colorado one because I was actually just there a few months ago and it is spectacular. And so backing up, um, we couldn't do this project without slackers. And when people like Molly come to us and want to work on big forest restoration projects together, it that changes everything. So this year, earlier in the fall, I think they planted in August, uh, Slackers, American Forests, and the U.S. Forest Service planted uh, 9,000 baby trees and reforested an area the size of 23 football fields or about 12 city blocks in a burned forest in southern Colorado. I think everyone's heard about the, the fires that Colorado had this year, so it's extremely important. And this was in a place that was first attacked by beetles and then a few years later uh, burned in a massive fire. And it's just a place that won't be able to come back without a helping hand. And so that's really the power that these partnerships have. And then about the Ontario project, which is equally cool, it's establishing uh, sort of climate-ready forests. So they're going down to Ohio and getting seed that will be ready for future climates. They are planting around one of the sort of minor Great Lakes. It's called Lake St. Clair. Um, I hadn't heard of it before this project, but it has some of the worst water quality uh water quality stats of any of the Great Lakes. So planting trees that sort of capture sediment and pollution before it enters the lake is really important. So so yeah, they selected two just amazing projects and we're really grateful for it. Austin, I believe you said the equivalent in Colorado that you reforested was 12 city blocks. Is that right? That's right. And I actually learned that a city block is not the same everywhere, but I did kind of average it out. And it's about 12 city blocks, you know, wherever you go. But yeah, 12, 23 football fields are 12 city blocks. That's amazing. And kudos to both of you and both of your teams for doing some some real good. So thank you so much. Where can listeners learn more about B4 Adventure, American Forests, the Slackers Play to Plant partnership? Where can we go to get all the details that we weren't able to cover today. 
Sure. Um, I will make it easy and I will give you one website where you can access um, all of the different places. But uh, if you go to slackersplaytoplant.com, you can learn about this partnership and what we're doing together, as well as get a link to beforeadventure.com to check out all of our different brands. And then uh, it connects to americanforest.org as well. And I will link to all of the good stuff in this week's show notes for anybody who wants a quick and easy (laughs) click link. They don't have a pen and paper, you know, right now. (laughs) But I want to thank you both so much for coming on. I enjoyed this conversation immensely, and I wish you both a very happy Earth Day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. You too. I so hope you enjoyed my conversation with Molly Riddick of B4 Adventure and Austin Rempel of American Forests. I have linked to the Slackers Play to Plant Partnership if you're interested in learning more about it. I have also linked to the 1000 Hours Outside campaign if you are rip-roaring ready to join me. Now this week we do have an eco tip and it comes from Lindsay. Lindsay listened to the recent episode on simplifying our children's nutrition and simplifying picky eating. That was episode 173, if you missed it. And so Lindsay commented on the blog that she has a possible solution for knowing whether a child deserves dessert or not after dinner. In Lindsay's house, the size of her child's dessert corresponds to the amount of dinner the child ate. So I love it. Super simple, super easy, super visual for young kids. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Now, this is a two-episode week. And so in a couple days, on Thursday of this week, I am speaking with the Zero Waste chef herself, Anne-Marie Bonneau. I will see you then. Stay tuned and take care.